Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of the Insert Name FC podcast. And with me, as always, is my best friend and the other host of the show, Errol Robles. Hey, what's up, guys? All right, our really big episode uh, this week because, well, we know who's in the World Cup, sort of. Not necessarily fully, but we, we at least know who are the groups, who's at stake in the World Cup. We know who's actually in the World Cup to some extent, because we still have like some interna- international playoffs and there's still European playoff that need to, needs to happen. So, and we'll, we'll definitely, you know, break all that down. But, um, it, so congratulations. Barcelona now is in second place in La Liga. Yay. <laughs> I mean, they, they still got a ways to go to be near where Real Madrid's at in points, but you know, it's crazy thing. Since Xavi has taken this, has taken over this team, they were at ninth place and now they're in second place. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, uh, well, and uh, Edward will, will highlight Barcelona. So don't worry about that, um, <laughs> in this episode, but this big episode will be us talking about the world cup. So a big chunk of this episode is the world cup. Um, you know, like I said, it's not a preview. It's not us making predictions. We're just going to let you guys know who's in it. What is, what, what, what's all encompasses with this world cup? Cause obviously there's a lot of controversy with, with Qatar being the host of this, of this world cup. So we'll yeah. touch up as to why maybe if you guys don't necessarily understand why the world, why there's so much controversy with this World Cup in particular, but who's competing in the World Cup and the groups were already drawn, so we know who's going to compete in it. And we'll also point out the teams that are still trying to secure a World Cup spot. So we'll do all that. And it's, it's huge. Obviously, we'll have a debate topic because... I think it's an interesting debate to have because, you know, me and Edward, maybe there's, there's some, something out there that we, we definitely, I think we all have our own view of, of you on this one, but we'll, we'll, we do have a debate. We'll preview some games, a game that you probably didn't expect Edward to talk about and a game that I, I'm sure none of you guys thought I'd talk about. Uh, <laughs> announce our players of the week, give you guys some games to look forward to this coming weekend. Um, big, big weekend for, uh, especially if you're a, MLS fan, just a regular fan of the MLS, and in the English Premier League, there's a big game coming up this weekend, and I'm sure 
everybody's going to be wanting to watch that match because even I want to watch that match. Even and I'm not even a fan of these two teams. Um, and we're going to do a three up, three down. And the topic is going to be in honor of WrestleMania, in honor of The Undertaker making the Hall of Fame, and yep. not so much in honor of the terrible Stone Cold Stunner that we witnessed Vince McMahon and, and Steve Austin did. Still hit the nostalgia factor, but yeah, those guys definitely, definitely are they, old. They, yeah, you can tell. The, the age is then, showing, uh, but it was still cool to see Stone Cold, you know, drink some beers and then stun somebody. Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> Pat McAfee was there. That was pretty cool. Uh, if you guys then, uh, know Pat Mac- I mean, I'm sure everybody knows who Pat McAfee is. Everyone probably doesn't know who Pat McAfee He's a punter for the... He was a, a punter for the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, now he's just been an amazing... Has an amazing podcast. He used to be with Barstool. Now he's no longer Barstool. Has his own show. But has an amazing... Has an amazing uh, uh, podcast for himself. And now he got to... Got to be in WrestleMania. Got did some cool, pool, cool moves. I mean, Logan Paul was also there, but who the fuck cares about that one? Um, yeah. But yeah, so because and obviously me, Edward, and Spencer, we all grew up, you know, watching wrestling. We don't watch wrestling now. I don't. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't sat down and watched a wrestling like watch WWE. Uh, I think I've gotten glimpses of AEW. It looks interesting, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I I guess I just I don't want to say I grew out of wrestling because I think it's still it's fun. Uh, I did go to the Royal Rumble when it was here in Houston back in t- before the pandemic basically shut us down. Uh, that, I think that was my last huge event that I was that I got to be a part of before you know the pandemic shutdown happened. Um, was the Royal Rumble? So that was pretty cool to see in person. I think you can still respect wrestling. I'm just not. I'm not. I can't tell you. I'm actually like a fan of wrestling. I don't know about you, Edward. Uh, I mean, I, I watch it here and there. I'll be honest, like, uh, not too, not too much like I used to. Um, I still try to keep up whenever they bring out like any of the, you know, the old timers. Like, it's cool to see out. that, uh, you know, Rey Mysterio's tag teams with his kid. Yeah, that's really awesome. Let's not, rem- let's try not to, uh, let's try to forget the whole, uh, custody ladder match that he and Eddie Guerrero had that was oh yeah that was funny. that was awkward um, also probably not true but no it's not it's not true but I mean it was if I'm not mistaken it was called a I'm your puppy match yeah it, no, it was like it I, was a, I'm I, your like, puppy ladder match the truth or not no there was the truth match and then there was the the custody match um mm-hmm. so very eventful time for a child <laughs> but right. um but yeah so so yeah, but yeah, so we do have a jam-packed show, like I said. Talking about the World Cup, it's going to probably be like the biggest chunk of this episode, obviously, because it's the World Cup and we it deserves to be, deserves this much attention, even as controversial as it is. But uh, we'll, we'll definitely touch up on all that. So before we do, obviously, me and I, we're going to go ahead and take a break and then you'll hear this, this great ad and then we'll get going with our reaction to the 2022 World Cup draw. Yo, Edward, I'm digging that jersey. Where did you get it? Thanks. I got it at Fanatics.com. What's Fanatics? Fanatics is your one-stop shop of all things sports. You can get the gear of all your favorite teams. Even NASCAR? 
even NASCAR. If you shop using our link, not only will you be getting swagged out, but you will also be supporting Insert Name FC and the Unhinged Sports Network. Nice. I'm going to start shopping now. And we're back. Make sure you guys follow us on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at Insert Name FC. So you can be up to date with what we're doing, all the stupid posts that we do, most, especially on Twitter, because, you know, the, the Instagram MFC account loves to troll the hell out of me. Um, especially as I, Duke didn't, obviously Duke didn't win the final four. So, uh, I'm sorry for the Nick Rodriguez podcast. I know you guys were really pulling for us to, to pull a, a huge upset having a soccer podcast win the final four bracket challenge, but, uh, and I apologize to Duke University. Clearly the curse continues. Um, I, once again, I fall. I fall short. Uh, it, I don't, I hate this. <laughs> I hate that this is a thing for me. Is that like in the in the final moments? I just, I just, I don't know. I just, I just, I just screw up. So, um, but congratulations to as as right now we're recording this on Monday. So literally, they're playing the national championship game right now. So congratulations to to whoever wins the game. I'm not gonna say who it is because I don't want to curse any of them. So I know it's between Kansas and North Carolina. So congratulations to one of y'all. <laughs> so we'll get to that one. Um, so sick update. Our, our reactions game. What a game, Edward. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, but like I said, man, today we're going to talk about the FIFA World Cup, the drawing. What, what is really, what is going on with the 2022 World Cup? Maybe you guys don't know that it's not going to be played in the summer. Maybe you guys don't know who's in the World Cup, and this is this is your time to really get ready to to know some of these teams. Like I said, this isn't and this isn't going to be like a preview, a prediction of the World Cup because you know we want to do that a little bit closer down the road, not right now. Because I mean, I want I at least want to be right about predicting the World Cup because I actually have a really good streak of of picking the World Cup winner. Ever can actually vouch for me right now. I've. That's true. It's I true. Picked, I've actually accurately picked the winner of the World Cup, like every single World Cup since going back to. Well, I'm not gonna count. You know, I'm not gonna count 1998 and 2002 because I was only a, I was really a kid, and the other one was because I watched France versus Brazil, and I and my dad bet five bucks that Brazil was gonna win because he's he's a big, he's a big Brazil fan, and so I bet I bet against France, and that was the first time I ever won a bet. So, so you can thank my dad for that one. Uh, to get, my dad got me into gambling. Uh, and <laughs> 2002, I don't count it because obviously I didn't know the game that well. 2006, I was going into high school. So I understood the game a little bit. I was rooting for Italy the whole time. Edward can tell you I was rooting for Italy the whole time. They won the World Cup. Uh, 2010, I, uh, I, I said I was rooting for Spain. Spain won the World Cup. I didn't get to watch the World Cup because I was in boot camp. Um, but. <laughs> And in 2014, I thought Germany had it. Germany had it. And 2018, I picked France. Edward can tell you, I literally have picked the winner and I got him right. Yeah. And so, so humble brag. And, and so I really do want to keep that streak going. And I'm going to keep with my methods, which is closer down to the World <laughs> Cup. I'll actually make a prediction. So right, hopefully, right. I, hopefully my, my curse is not going to be affected by the World Cup. Pretty much, pretty much. Hopefully. I mean. <laughs> Is the, I mean, is the, is, you, hey you, Undertaker? Which which streak is gonna which which streak continues? <laughs> the curse or the streak? We'll see. Well, because well, because I was gonna say um, you don't have that much of a bad luck streak on uh, the World Cup itself, but you do tend to have like the, when it comes to clubs. You know, when it comes to clubs, 
you have a pretty lousy you're cursed basically is what I'm trying to say when oh, it comes man, to clubs. when I make predictions I'm, a, I'm essentially the kiss of death for clubs yeah <laughs> I exactly. am the kiss of death <laughs> the mm-hmm. New England Revolution is like the prime example they were literally the best team in the MLS going into the playoffs and they get eliminated so yeah I definitely know for sure I'm the kiss of death um, yeah. but World Cup I mean that's a different thing so so I thank you for that spin zone network. Thank you, thank you so much. But mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about the World Cup. So, like I said initially, there is some controversy with Qatar being the host of the World Cup, and this all goes back to when they were announced as the host of the World Cup. Um, there was a there was a lot of accusations that FIFA was corrupted to choose Qatar, mainly because of the fact that Qatar essentially bought the World Cup, <laughs> which you're oh. not supposed to do. Um. Obviously, you're supposed to make a pre- presentation, make, your, make state your case why your why the, your country should be the one hosting the World Cup, um, and and not you know slide in uh, <laughs> some money towards uh, Seth Blatter's way, uh, you know, to make the decision. But it happened, and so FIFA ended up announcing that Qatar would be the host of the 2022 World Cup. A lot of people were very unhappy with with this decision. Um. I ain't gonna lie to you. I didn't even know Qatar was a country. Um, oh my god! I was actually surprised at the fact that like a Middle Eastern country was Qatar's in the Middle East, right? Yeah. Okay. I was just thinking about I, it. I, I think like, it was. See, even now we didn't know Qatar was a country. Well, um, no. Now you're now you're now you're not, not talking about the country. Now you're talking about geography. Yeah, that's it's, yeah. I did not do well. In, I think I was like a C student in geography, but um, mm-hmm. and, and clearly it shows. Uh, but yeah, so I frankly I didn't I just like oh Qatar that's random, um, which I guess that makes a lot more sense if they they bought their way into the World Cup because I mean I didn't know Qatar was a thing, um, you know honestly like if I would have to say like a Middle Eastern country I mean, it seems like everybody's going to Dubai, like I don't know about you it just seems like it, uh, like the vacation destination now these days like oh I'm gonna go to Dubai guys so like. I thought maybe if there was a Middle Eastern country, it'd probably be Dubai that would have been the host. host. But yeah, that, that's that's a whole other thing. But anyway, so there was a lot of shock when Qatar was announced the world the World Cup host. I know that um, obviously the USA was making a bid for the 2018 World Cup as well. Um, it wouldn't shock me if like you know other countries, obviously multiple countries, make bids for that. But. Uh, but yeah, so Qatar ends up getting in, obviously because of the fact that they bought their, their way into hosting the World Cup, um, which led to a whole investigation with FIFA. So Blatter had to step down as the chairman of FIFA, uh, you know. And so there was, so, you know, shocking. FIFA was corrupt. Who would have thought that would happen? Um, so, I mean, it's really true. But then there was more things that kind of came in, obviously, um, how they were going through the whole construction process for not not only their stadiums but other things that they were building around to you know obviously because a World Cup is a huge a tourist uh, tourist event for that for those countries that do host the World Cup so you know as they were doing the whole construction to to get things ready for the World Cup um, you know people are finding out that employee you know there were migrant workers that were working on the construction some of them weren't even getting paid let alone getting like you know the the right amount of amenities for you know for this work, um, so there was a lot of slavery allegations and and people were also dying during these constructions. So obviously, if you yeah, don't have, the, the, 
that was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of apparently like, um, a lot of players basically boycotting. And then even remember, uh, even during like the friendlies, the World Cup qualifiers, when they were playing our international games, and uh, even during club games, they would be wearing those shirts like, you know, boycott Qatar. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So because, you know, obviously, so so there was those allegations and then Qatar's like, no, guys, look, look, here's, here's me offering a cup of water to an employee. <laughs> so... You know, they obviously okay. Well, we gotta fix this. Um, I don't know if they actually necessarily did. You know, uh, you know, I'm not there. Um, but but obviously that it, there's a big image thing with Qatar right now that it's not a good look for them. And you know, obviously people dying during the construction is not helping them in any 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 way as well. Um, but then obviously the the other issue, along with many other issues that that comes with Qatar, is is the fact that in Qatar during the summer we're talking about the Middle East here. Um, the weather is very unbearably hot, so it was going to be very, very tough for these guys to play in the summer with how intense the weather is. Um, and and, you know, maybe you know, everyone's like, "Oh, well, you know, we've seen World Cups in the summer; it never gets worse." Well, I mean, like, so obviously, when they had the World Cup, um, in Russia, I'm sure the weather wasn't because you know they're not. In the equator, you know, so there, there's my little bit of geography that I kind of remember. So it's not like the sun's <laughs> beaming down on them really hard. And then obviously in South Africa in 2010, well, you know, obviously the sun's not beaming on them. So it's kind of, that's kind of, their summer's kind of like a winter. And it, you got, you, and you probably noticed it because obviously players were wearing long sleeves during the 20, the, you know, the 2010 World Cup. You know, a lot of players were wearing long sleeves, gloves because mm-hmm. it was actually, not saying freezing cold, but it was cold in South Africa during the the, the World Cup, and then uh, Brazil. I don't know. I saw some long sleeves, but I think it was like kind of like still like it was in unbearable weather. But you know they they played, and uh, so so because of that, because how the the weather is just too big of a risk in in Qatar, they decided to move the World Cup from the summer to the fall. So they would actually be playing in November, uh, which is really weird. Um, and, and it's not necessarily like, oh, this is, you know, an old head, you know, World Cup fan is over here that's angry. And I don't think that's the case. It's just, it's just going to be weird because obviously now this affects, you know, regular season play for clubs. I don't know if they're going right. to like stop the season so that the World Cup is played or, or they're just going to pull the MLS and not care and just keep playing. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, it's like the the second day. It might be it might be good exposure for like the up and coming, not even just the new the new generation. This opens up that's, such a big window for like mid table teams, <laughs> for the mid table teams, and then even even like for like uh, the reserves, the reserves for the big teams. Oh yeah, no, this know? is so I, I, obviously that's that's one thing that I'm really intrigued by is like how. How would the leagues are going to handle this? Obviously, La Liga, you know, all the leagues in Europe, all the leagues that would be technically playing, what all the leagues would be playing around this time. Actually, the MLS would be near their playoffs. Um, would actually be in their playoffs during the World Cup. So it, it it's it's interesting to see like what exactly are they going to do? You know, if you're a Dynamo fan, this kind of opens things up. Not really because I mean, I don't think there's many. I'm sure there's a lot of there's going to be MLS representation in the World Cup. I just don't think it's going to be as massive as the English Premier League is. But yeah, uh, pretty much. 
but yeah, so I think that's an interesting thing. It's going to be a little weird. Um, you know, obviously the Americans are going to, you know, most Americans are like, oh, that's, you know, that's prime football season. Um, I'll be watching the World Cup. Everyone's going to be watching the World Cup. You obviously know the soccer heads are going to be watching the World Cup. But yeah, if you're trying to gain, and I mean, that's like a big, like that's like a percentage, obviously, compared to the rest of the world who's going to watch it. So I don't think it, like FIFA's losing sleep over like the guys that are going to choose to watch uh, Sunday, you know, Sunday night football or sun, Sunday morning football games uh, over over the World Cup. But it, it's still something that's a little bit different. The fact that the World Cup will be played kind of in that fall winter time frame. So that's going to be a little bit, and then plus that sucks because, you know, most of us would be working, which I mean, I, I'd be working anyways in the summer, <laughs> but that's, but that's neither here or there. And then the other controversy, well, I mean, uh, well, let me get, before we get to the last one, uh, you know, how do you feel about the World Cup? I think just for this time being, being played in November. So, I mean, Personally, I think, like I said, I already already have the like the mindset already that all the young players are basically going to stay in the clubs, and then all the major players, the major uh, roles that all these big clubs have, those are going the ones that are going to go to the World Cup. That's my mentality. That's my thought of how I think they're going to process this. Because I, I really don't think they're going to stop it halfway and then just just put a pause on it and then. Send everybody, everybody to the World Cup. You know, I don't think that's how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm mean, I'm sticking with what I said about this is where all the young players and, like you said, the mid-table teams to shine right on through. To you know, maybe <laughs> in that in that month, like they'll be able to make moves. <laughs> that's like an even play. The, the the playing field becomes very even because of the turntables. Well, well, well. How the turntables? <laughs> PSG, PSG, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's your whole team. Mm-hmm. Your whole team's, except for Roddy. Your whole team's Sha- going to Fucking Shabby Simmons. Yeah, Shabby Simmons, Ferrari, and Donnarumma right now, they're probably the ones that are going to end up playing. That's for sure, especially because, you know, Italy didn't make the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um all right, and so the last one, and this is more more so towards LGBTQ, which I, I find it interesting that this is you you make a law to make it illegal because I, I I I don't know how you make this illegal, but uh, in Qatar, it is illegal to be okay. homosexual. I don't know how you. <laughs> This this is a it's a it's it's it, it's a thought. It's um, a law, apparently. It's just um, it's kind of hard to gauge it. Um, it's, do they uh, have like some? I, I'm like speechless at, at, at the fact that there is a law that says you can't be gay <laughs> because that's not something you have very much control on. Um, so yeah, that's a uh, obviously that's a very you know touchy subject, um, but you know Qatar was like, oh no guys, it's okay. You guys can still you know go and show your rainbow flags um, in the matches. And then there's, there's a controversial 
statement made because like the head of security for the Qatar, I guess the, the security for the for the for the World Cup in Qatar, some were being you know the, the guy that was leading it in that was saying that he was being told that to you know uh, what's it called when a when a teacher takes things from you. Um, Confiscate. There we go. Um, that they were going to confiscate like rainbow flags in protection of uh, of the fans, which I thought it's like, dang, um, is it really that like that's that serious? Which I mean, I, I was reading a little bit into not necessarily like read deeply into the law of of, of Qatar's uh, issue, of issue with this, but um, I, I think that there's like a death penalty. Um, Involved with, I like I said, I I didn't really read deeply into it. I know that there's like a really big punishment, which probably adds more to like the controversy of Qatar having this law to begin with. Um, so yeah, it's to me, it's uh, that's definitely a hard thing to to try to enforce and then to to like essentially, and obviously, you know, FIFA has their their views of being very open, um, to the game, obviously, because the game is. You know, we we say all the things that we've said about this game that it's 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 a it's a you know it's a universal language. It, it's one all these things um, that it's you know it's open for everyone to play, and um, and you have this kind of just you know what the you know kind of what the hell kind of thing. Um, but but yeah, so the World Cup, uh, you know that it, so like Qatar is like has all these. These things that are definitely not making themselves look good um, as, as as a host nation, but with uh, everything is essentially, you know, what's done is done. Qatar is hosting the 2022 World Cup. It's coming up. It's going to be in the kickoff. Is going to be November 21st. Whether how you feel about it or not, like I said, I'm not I'm not thrilled that Qatar is the host of the World Cup because, well. Basically everything that we stated from just clearly showing that, you know, they, they bought the world cup, which is unfair in my eyes, even though there's some more scandalous things that are happening in soccer and, and that's just the reality of the game. But it's just the, you know, the other things, you know, the mistreatment of employees, uh, moving the world cup to November isn't, it's not like, Oh my God, but, you know, the world's over kind of thing, but definitely the way they, you know, the, the way they treated their, the, the guys that have been building, all this, all this stuff to make the World Cup a thing, um, and then obviously uh, this ridiculous law of of not of of being you know illegal to be homosexual. So there, it, it's just Qatar just gives me very mixed feelings about it. Am I going to watch the World Cup still? Yes, and that's not necessarily just because like I don't care. Is I do care, but I do you know it's this is the game I love, and um, I mean. I guess if there was, if there is a way to protest it, I would do it. But I do also love the World Cup, so it, it's it to me. This is like mixed feelings. Like I don't know how how truly feel about it, but you know, here we are. Here, this is where we are. It's going to be in Qatar, whether we want, we, whether we like it or not. They're hosting it, and and we're actually, you know, like I said, we're we're now months away from the 2022 World Cup. And like I said, November 21st, that's the kickoff. The final will be in December 18th. So we're, you know, we're right there. So we're going to go ahead and start talking 
about uh, who's in the World Cup. And we'll kick things off with, obviously, the host country. The host country always has an automatic qualification in the World Cup. You know, take it for how you feel about that, but that's usually how things are. And it is the host, Qatar. Qatar qualified for the World Cup as the host of this tournament. Um, I will say, though, not about the people of Qatar, but obviously the team. Qatar actually has a really... I've actually liked what I've seen from from the, the national team of Qatar. Um, they looked really good. I think that they were very smart um, in these past these past uh, past years playing in Copa America um, and playing in in the Gold Cup to give themselves a little bit more competition, a little bit more idea of how the other worlds play, other regions play, and you know North America, the physicality of the Concacaf and the the finesse of of Comnebol. I think that that was really smart that Qatar did that. And I think that they played very well in both those tournaments. So for me, um, you know, as much as how I feel about Qatar as the host country, that's one thing. But I think the team of Qatar is actually really good. And weirdly enough, uh, the, the manager, I still believe it was, is somebody that, that was, that kind of grew up with La Masea. I believe he was, he was part of the youth staff for La Masea and kind of brought that mentality over to Qatar to build up through the youth system as well. Um, so, so yeah, there is your first team in the World Cup, Qatar. So the next confederation we're going to talk about is the Asian Football Confederation or AFC. Um, those countries are Iran, South Korea, Saudi Arabia, and Japan. Um, from this group, um, you know, obviously you have a very mixture of different Asian cultures in here. Um, I think if you, if me and Edward were to point out the ones that we, we can't wait to see, it's obviously South Korea and Japan, South Korea having, having Hung Min Sun, uh, kind of leading that front right there. And then in Japan, you know, we all know about some of the great players that Japan has. Um, for me personally, obviously Kubo, uh, from, who's with Real Madrid, but obviously loaned out with Mallorca right now. But it, it, you know, so those are the teams that are coming from Asia. Once again, Iran, South Korea. Saudi Arabia and Japan in the Confederation of Africa or the CAF you have Ghana Senegal, Tunisia Morocco and Cameroon um, you know I, I know I'm kind of like running through it but we'll definitely let Edward get to get to his thoughts of all, of all the countries um, once I've said them all but I'm going to go ahead and share my thoughts as, as, we, as we go through it uh, for, for Africa I think the fact that Ghana comes back, you know, obviously missing out in 2018, um, is great to see them back out there. Senegal, you know, they're the, the champions of, of Africa had so, you know, you know, had to play against Egypt to qualify for the World Cup. You know, we had the, the controversy that happened over there where you had the lasers beaming at, at the Egyptian players and, and, you know, cause the game went to penalties. So, but Senegal's in, uh, it does suck that Egypt's not going to be in the World Cup this year, but, you know, it, you know, sometimes matchups aren't fair, and we'll get a little, we'll talk about about matchups a little bit later when we're talking about UEFA. And then Tunisia, um, from what I saw, when I saw them in the in the African Cup of Nations, was actually really fun to watch. So I can't wait to see what they do in the World Cup. Morocco, obviously Hakimi, you kind of want to see what what uh, Morocco. I think is a very interesting team. I was very interested in them in, in 2018. I thought that they were a really good sleeper team. Um, you know, they're back again for another World Cup, so it'd be really interesting to see what these guys do 
this time around. Cameroon, uh, I'm really happy to see back in the World Cup. Um, I, I, I really liked Cameroon in the African Cup of Nations. I honestly thought that they were going to win the whole thing. Um, and obviously I was wrong on that. But, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see uh, Cameroon because uh, I think this team looks so much different. Um, you know, because they kind of fell off after losing guys like Samuel Eto'o. So I think that this is going to be definitely a, a different type of Cameroon, but kind of going back to the to the good years of Cameroon as well. All right. So the Home Confederation, Confederation of North, Central, and Caribbean Association Football, or CONCACAF, uh, we have Canada making its return to the World Cup after so many years. I believe this is actually their second appearance in the World Cup, but Canada looked really strong in World Cup qualifying. Um, I can't wait to see what uh, what uh, what we're going to see from this ca- uh, Canadian team because of just the amazing players that have been coming through. Um, obviously, you know, you know, seeing John Jonathan David, seeing you know Alfonso Davies, seeing uh, Kyle Lahren, seeing. You know, just all these guys that are making this Canadian team so good. Like, I love how this team plays, and I can't wait to see what what Canada does as they make their return to the World Cup. And obviously, we'll see them next next World Cup because they'll be they'll be part of that that Trident host uh, for the twenty twenty six World Cup. Um, the next team is Mexico. Mexico has been a little bit. I I, I would say Mexico is a little has been a little bit underwhelming. They haven't. Looked like the Mexico uh, national team that we've seen before, um, but still, you know, they're they're still good enough to make it to the World Cup. Anyone can tell can tell you that. Um, there's something missing about Mexico. I don't know what it is. I really don't. They still, I mean, even even when they're not looking as good, they still get results. So that's an interesting thing about Mexico. But uh, you know, it's not the World Cup without Mexico. That is definitely for sure. Um, you know, having the Mexican fans out there. Um, it'll be interesting to see Mexican fans in Qatar, but uh, I definitely like, I can't wait to see what, what Mexico does, um, in this World Cup. Like I said, also, they'll be guaranteed in 2026 because they are, they are also part of that three country host for the 2026 World Cup. And then the main host of the 2026 World Cup, the United States, they didn't screw it up. They did lose to Costa Rica in the last day of qualifying, but they had, they had to have lost like six to nothing in order for, for them to not make the World Cup, and they're in it. I know they finished third, but you know what? Like I said from the beginning, as long as they get in the World Cup and get a automatic qualification spot, I'm happy. Like I'm good with the U.S. making the World Cup. I'm not happy with them losing to Costa Rica the way they did. There is some concerns on that, but they're in the World Cup, so obviously I want to see the best out of the U.S. You guys know how I feel about Greg Berhalter. If there's one thing that's going to hold this team back, in my opinion, I don't know. I don't care what people say. I know people do believe in Greg Berhalter. Unfortunately, I'm not one of those people. I will say Greg Berhalter will be the reason if we do not do well in the World Cup. It's because of him. But it's it's great to see the United States back in. We're talking about this golden generation of U.S. players. Um, you know, Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney. Hopefully, he'll be back. He's aim he's aiming to be back by the end of this month. So hopefully we can get him back in shape so we can have him out there for the World Cup. Tyler Adams, you know, Zach Steffen, you know, all these young names, Sergino Des, have him back. Ha- have uh, have Brendan Aronson there. Have a, a healthy Gio Reyna. 
Maybe we figure out the number nine position. Maybe we finally get a guy to step up and be the true number nine for this team. But it is exciting to see this U.S. team going into the World Cup because I think we're we're gonna we're, we're seeing some, we're seeing a rise in the U.S. And, and I like what I'm seeing. So it's great to see them back in the World Cup. Like I said, I get it. You you wanted them to be first in, in Concacaf, but frankly, I don't care as long as you get that automatic World Cup qualification spot. And that's what the U.S. did. So. Those are the teams coming out of the CONCACAF. In the South American Football Confederation, or Omnibol, you have Brazil, who straight up just dominated uh, this qualifiers and, and got themselves that first place spot. It, it, they, 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 are, they qualified way before everybody else did in, in this group. Um, so Brazil, a very strong team, you know, a very young team, you know, but we'll see what they do in the World Cup, you know, Brazil, the most, one of the most successful countries to in the World Cup, you know, having the most World Cups um, in any of any nation, um, you know, there's going to be pressure for Brazil to see what they do in this World Cup. You have Argentina. We're talking about, we are honestly on, talking about the last time we're going to see Messi playing in a World Cup. I don't know if he's going to be there for 2026. I highly doubt it. If he does, it, that I mean, that just that just tells you how well he takes good care of himself. But this honestly could be the last ride for for Lionel Messi and another legend. Um, so that's going to be the big story with Argentina. Can they do it? Can they do one big run for Messi on his last on his last trip to the World Cup? You have Uruguay. <laughs> Uruguay is is an interesting team. It's a team that I always like to watch in the World Cup. Internationally, I just like watching Uruguay. I think they have a really solid team. You know, Cavani and Suarez is going to be leading that that front. So it's it's going to. I think Uruguay is going to be a really interesting country. I think they usually that's usually my team to be the interesting team. But yeah, Uruguay, uh, they're going to make it once again to the World Cup. Ecuador. This was a, a country I did not expect to be saying they're in the World Cup, but here here we are. Ecuador is in the World Cup. Um, hey, you know what? They grinded it out and they got that last spot and that's all that matters. So Ecuador, uh, I'm sure the fans are going to be very passionate, very excited to see their country once again in the World Cup. And I'm excited too. And the last confederation, Union of European Football Association or UEFA. And we have Serbia, which... I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited. Uh, no, I'm not gonna say I'm excited, but I mean Serbia. You know, there's there's definitely some names in that in that country. So we'll see what Serbia does. Spain, I think uh, I think very safe to say a favorite of a very a strong favorite in the World Cup. You know, you 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 know this is a team that in 2010 won the whole thing and had that year that really dominant year with with that with that generation of Spanish players. And you're kind of now seeing this new generation of Spanish players kind of gain their rise. You're, you know, you're, you're seeing something with Pedri. Uh, you know, Spain, they got something there in that national team. So it'll be definitely interesting to see what Spain does. Cause I think they're, that, I think you could definitely throw in a favorite label on, on Spain in this World Cup. Switzerland, France, you know, the thing is with, with, uh, with teams that have won the World Cup, they usually don't make it past the group stages. We see it. We saw it happen with Germany. We saw it happen. Uh, we saw it happen with. Uh, oh man, who, who won? Who won twenty? 
We won twenty ten. Spain. We saw it with Spain. We saw it. We saw it with Italy. You know. You know there is a, a a trend of the team that ends up winning the World Cup, and it's just because there's so much work to happen to you know repeat as the World Cup champions in the World Cup. So I mean that's like the big the big thing. But so can France break that curse? Because I mean France is a very young and experienced team, and I think that's a very dangerous combination when you have a good mixture of young players, but those young players have a lot of experience. Obviously, you have Mbappe leading that that team. Um, so it's going to be France. I think you could definitely throw that 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 favorite label, but just be mindful. We have never seen a team. We have at least in my life, I haven't seen a team repeat a World Cup. Yeah, I mean, we've we've seen it where they win it, like maybe once, and then maybe a few years that down the road. Oh, hey, you know, like Brazil. Brazil was the one that did that. You know, like they they won it. Uh, I think what was it? Uh, um, 2002 was last year that Brazil won it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, so France, yeah. we'll see if they can do it again. Belgium, yeah. a, a country that has been ranked very highly in, in, in the world, in the, in the FIFA world rankings, which I'm still baffled by, but you know what? They do have a very stacked team. Their golden generation is kind of, is kind of near its end, but hey, maybe, maybe they can do something. In, in, I guess, their final attempt for a World Cup, um, or at least till the next generation comes in for Belgium. Denmark, I think, obviously, the, the story is going to be Christian Eriksen. Yeah. It's oh, man. Even, 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 even now, even just in, in clubs, bro, like whenever Brentford's playing, bro, everybody's it's Christian Eriksen. Even if he doesn't, like, score, even though, you know, he did score this uh, past weekend. Um, he he actually um, it was like something like pretty awe inspiring. So you know, for him to be to be doing that, uh, that's gonna be watching. Like I'll, I'll be watching for sure. Like I'll be watching the Christian Eriksen games. All right, the next country is the return of the Dutch national team. That's right, the Netherlands are back in the World Cup, and I think that they brought they're gonna bring in a very nasty group of players. You're talking about Virgil van Dijk, arguably one of the best defenders in the game. Um, what are we going to see from Memphis Depay? Another player that we might not see in another World Cup. Um, it's going to be some very young players. Obviously, Van de Beek, uh, Frank de Jong, Matias de Ligt. It's still some very young players, but some players that ha- are, are a lot of high note, I think. So it's going to be really interesting to see Dutch back in. Obviously, they want to make a statement because of the fact that they didn't qualify for the last World Cup. But, you know, who's to say what the Dutch national team can do in this World Cup? Yeah. They, I mean, they, they got the players. That is for sure. Speaking of a team that, uh, well, a team that also experienced losing a World Cup, Croatia. Croatia obviously was the team that lost to France in the 2018 World Cup. Making it back, this team is old. <laughs> I I don't know how any other way to sugarcoat it. They got some young players as well in the mix, but obviously when you think of that Croatian national team, you're talking about Luka Modric, you're talking about Rakitic, um, you're talking about Perisic, uh, a lot of itches, by the way. Um, so you're gonna. This is gonna be really interesting. What happens? Because this could. This you know we're talking about Lionel Messi's last World Cup. Well, this could honestly be Luka Modric's last World Cup as well uh, for Croatia. So Croatia, 
I don't I don't think I have very high expectations because of this team's age, especially because they went through the gauntlet in la- in the last World Cup, having to play extra time after extra time after extra time till the World Cup final. And I think they were just just had just were just beat out just because of stamina wise versus uh, how France was playing. But Croatia, a very always a really a very sturdy team in the World Cup as well. Yeah, I mean they they managed to get a runner runners up, so. It was Croatia to me wasn't that team that you were thinking was actually going to be up there. You were probably thinking like they would probably make it out of the group stages, and then they'll probably last like that very first round, that very first knockout round, and that was it. But they, they really, they were hustling. They were hustling. So it's it's possible that they'll do it again. Yeah, uh, they're they're a bit they're a bit aged, but they're, they're, it's possible they'll do it again. Speaking of a team that that deals with a lot of heartbreak. The runners up of the of the Euro twenty twenty, England. Oh. They have arguably a really good team. I think that individually the players that they have, you can definitely say you can throw at least you can you can definitely make an argument that just on a on the on the team sheet itself, probably one of the best teams in that would be in the World Cup, at least loaded with stars. Harry Kane, you know. Phil Foden, Saka, Marcus Rashford, Alexander Trent Arnold, you know, Mings. Say what you guys want, but Harry Maguire, you know, maybe he can turn things around. Jordan Pickford between the sticks. You know, this is a very loaded Kieran Tierney, hopefully he can get healthy by by the World Cup, but even then they still have uh shoot, what's his name? He, he's with uh he's with Manchester United. The fullback. Is he with Manchester United? Uh, I thought he was with Manchester United. With the fullback. Yeah. Not Trippier. No, not Trippier. No. Um, no. Um, no, not Alex Day is, of course not. Um, damn it. Ah! He's a right back. I know, right? I know. That's all I was like. Uh, I was like, hold on, hold on. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Well, aside from him, obviously you also you're also talking about Jack Grealish. Um, wow, this team is yeah, this team is loaded. I, I just Calvin Phillips. Um, oh my god, yeah, there's a lot of names, a lot of names. I just can't think of the of the of the right back for some weird reason. Um, we might see Mill Smith Rowe also in in the mix there. Um, Marcus Rashford, regardless how you feel about him. Yeah, this this England team. I think okay. As much as I like Southgate, Juan Bissaka, Juan Bissaka, is he English? He apparently, yeah, he's English. Well, I wasn't thinking of him. Dang, who? who am Not I Luke thinking? Shaw. Right? Luke Shaw. That's who, that's who I was thinking of. That's who you were thinking of. Yeah, that's who <laughs> oh, I was thinking. Okay. He actually looked. I mean, he was good. actually pretty he's good in Euro. He was actually really good in the Euro because I think he had to step uh, step up for Tierney. I think Tierney wasn't able to play. In the year, uh, so he yeah he looked Shaw looked well he was doing pretty well with England. Um, I mean props to him. I mean well I get maybe Juan Bissaka ends up taking his spot, but uh, <laughs> but England on paper I think you can arguably say have like a really good roster. Now I know people have their feelings of Southgate. I personally do like Gareth Southgate. I mean I think he's done a really good job. Made it to the finished top four in the World Cup in the 2018 World Cup. Was a penalty away? Was a poor penalty decision choice away from make winning the Euro? So, 
and weirdly enough, eliminating penalty kicks. Uh, and so I, I maybe maybe it is Southgate, but I think he's done a, a really good job to get at least you know enough for him to keep his job because you know he, he's made it pretty far. But it's it's going to be you know at the end of it, I think this team is going to be as only as good as the tactical decisions that that Gareth Southgate makes for this for this team. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think okay. So my thing is with England, they have the squad. It's just that I think with England's with England's uh not problem, but like what happens with England is like they have so much star power that even if one of them isn't on top of their game, they end up they end up falling like dominoes. Like it's so weird, bro. Like if all of them are on the up and up, if all of them are working together and they're like their overall rating for the game would be like between eight and a and a ten, you know, they all work together. They, they, it's like fluid. It's perfect. It's, they play really, really well. But if like one or two are playing like, you know, let's say they get a rating of like 6.9, 6, six something, like really low rating. Like I'm talking like FIFA rating shit. It, it's like they kind of fall down like dominoes. They somehow, they, they end up not playing very well at all as a team. So then it just, I, I don't know, man. It's so weird. Like the chemistry that England has, it's like, it's either everyone's good or even if one or two are bad, it just makes the whole team look bad. Like, I don't know what it is. No, you're absolutely right on that one. But yeah, so England, can't wait to see them. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about England a little bit further down as we continue with this. Uh, Germany, you know... I mean, do we really have to say too much about Because No, nah, let's see. Well, hopefully, hopefully they don't try to bring a similar roster like they did in 2018, because they just looked slow. They weren't. They, they were clearly not ready for Chucky Lozano and Hungman's son. Uh, so they need to. Hopefully, they're 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 going to evolve. You know, they got Hansi Flick. I can't. Me, I'm just excited to see what Hansi Flick does with the German national team. Um, they have definitely a great group of young players. Um, I mean. Ignore what he's doing in Chelsea, but Timo Werner definitely looks better in the German uniform. Um, you still got Kai Havertz. You still got, uh, you know, you, you, you still, Manuel Noor, another player that we could possibly be seeing his last World Cup. Um, you know, obviously, Kimmich uh, is, is going to be in the mix there. So this German team, you know, this, this team, at least, They've been very consistent. I think it's because of the fact that the that the Bundesliga has been very adamant on developing German players. Um, so that is a big part of why Germany has gotten this big lift off as a as a very dominant force in 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 in, in international play. But yeah, Germany. I I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll be getting out of the group this time around. Yeah. Speaking of another player that we might be, <laughs> might be not seeing, uh, might be his last his last World Cup, Poland, and of course we're talking about the great Robert Lewandowski. Oh yeah, this is possibly his last World Cup as well. There's a lot of guys that me and Edward grew up with that we could possibly be seeing their last World Cup, and it is crazy to think about that. But yeah, Robert Lewandowski, this could be. I don't want to talk about the rumors because apparently he wants to go to Barcelona, which that would that would just break my heart. Um, but uh, <laughs> why? Why would that break your heart, man? Because because that is the the best piece you could have. 
even as old think as he it. is. <laughs> like, no, think about it. What if you put Obama Yang like in one of the one of the wings? Because I mean, with the oh, whole, no, but if they get Robert Lewandowski, Obama Yang is done. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but but, uh, but no, what I was what was I going to say? Um, so, so on 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 this note, everybody's been. I don't know if everybody's been online seeing the memes. They're like, this is Mexico's def- Mexico's defender, and they're showing him shirtless, and he's like running. I guess he's either doing the treadmill, the test, or whatever, and he's just running. And then they actually, they're like, and this is Poland's attacking. And then you see Robert Lewandowski, he's like super ripped. You see the muscles just bulging out, and somebody just posted on that. And one of my one of my friends, he's Mexican. He's like, ya mejor déjenle la victoria. <laughs> I was like, damn. Already calling it quits, dude. I was like, damn. We'll, like, we'll definitely just... get we'll definitely get to the groups, but yeah. Oh, so man. Poland, you know, Robert Lewandowski. I think that's that's all you got to say. And yeah. the the last automatic qualification spot. Oh, actually, no, they had to play. They had to play in to, to make it, but at least they're in the World Cup. And that is, and we're talking about another player that we might 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 this might be the last World Cup for. And that is Portugal, and of course CR seven, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, it is crazy to think about the list. But the main, the main two players that everyone's going to be thinking of is this is possibly the last World Cup of Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo, and they're both in it. But Portugal, don't think that it's just going to be dependent on on Cristiano Ronaldo because Bruno Fernandes has proven to is going to be the next big star. As far as Portugal goes, but I think even further, this guy has been an amazing player. He's definitely a smart transaction that that Manchester United was able to get him because um, this guy is definitely going to be a star. Uh, you know, Leao over in AC Milan, that's another guy you got to look at. Don't sleep on Portugal. Portugal's got a pretty good squad, especially with the, the return of Renato Sanchez. I think Portugal... Is definitely not a team to be looking not looking over besides just Cristiano Ronaldo. I think Portugal will be definitely a real threat depending on what group they get put in in the World Cup. Yeah. All right. So now we know who's all representing the countries. Actually, Edward, go ahead and touch up on on each confederation uh, a team that you're excited for each one. All right. So on the let's see on the Asian football confederation. Of course, South Korea, because Hong Ling Son, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see him do his, his typical runs, his, his little chops here and there. Um, so that's what I'm excited for. In Africa, uh, Senegal, of course, Senegal. I mean, you know, Sadio Mane, you know, just, man, that dude, that dude there, man. So he's gonna be. I'm pretty sure he's gonna be either the captain of the team. Actually, um, I think it's been um, Koulibaly. Koulibaly. Okay. Okay. So then, never mind. But I am excited for Senegal. Um, Senegal, I believe, is the is the African country that has made the deepest run in the World Cup, and from yeah. Africa. Yeah. So I mean, and then they they won the the African Cup and uh, the African Cup of Nations, right? I think yep. that's what it is. So. Yep. So then, um, in the CONCACAF, uh, USA, of course, um, in South America, I'm torn between Brazil and Argentina. 
You can highlight both of them. I guess both of them. So I'm torn. And then, of course, in, in UEFA, which is the majority of the freaking World Cup. <laughs> yeah, I, and obviously in, the, in 2026, they will be expanding the World Cup uh, from 36 to... Was it 48? It might be 48. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, it's going to be like probably like two more matches every day. Yeah, I forgot what... Uh, let me see what they expanded. What, 2026. But anyways, so for, for UEFA, probably Spain because I think that's like where a lot of the... A lot of that young talent's coming out of... Yeah, it'll, out of be, 48, it'll be 48 teams for 2026. 48, okay. Yeah. All right. But yeah, right. I'm excited for Spain, so... All right. So that is the, the teams that are in the World Cup. There's still some spots left to, de- to decide. So we're going to look at first the European playoff. Um, so this was... The reason why this hasn't been played is because of the fact that um, I believe had to like postpone the game because of Ukraine for, for obvious reasons. So the European playoff, which will all be decided by June. So we'll know by then who's going to be in it. But the winner of the Scotland Ukraine game that's going to happen in June. And then later in that month, we'll take on Wales. So the winner of Scotland versus Ukraine will take on Wales to decide who will get that spot in the, in the world cup. So just, you know, June, all these will be in June, but that is your European one. Um, Edward, when you look at, at these three possible teams, who's the country that you would love to see in the World Cup? Mm. Out of the European playoffs? Yeah. Mm. Honestly, being after everything that's been going on in that country, probably Ukraine, because I think that would give them like a big, a boost of, uh, like, of, of a positive uh, reinforcement kind of deal. Like, it would give them something to look forward to. Keep going. Yeah, I like, I like that. I like what you said there. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going with, I, I personally want to see Scotland because of obviously carrying tyranny. Uh, so, <laughs> but. <laughs> And then obviously Wales, you know, you're, you're, this could be Gareth Bale's, Gareth Bale's, yeah. Bale's uh, you know, only chance at the World Cup. So, because he's, I don't think he's, no, he's never played in the World Cup. Has he never? Yeah, I don't think Wales qualified for, for 2018. Hmm. So, and I believe, I, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe Gareth Bale retires. I don't know. But yeah, so that's going to be decided in June. Like I said, all these games are going to be played in June. Uh, now the now this obviously that was postponed due to obviously Ukraine. Now the inter confederation playoffs. These are the the qualifying matches that you know. Oh, if if you finish in this position, you still have a chance to play. Uh, in, in you know to make it to the World Cup. So the winner of the Asian playoff between the United Arab Emirates and Australia, which will be June seventh will take on the team that finished in that qualifying spot in Comnebol, uh, which is South America, which is Peru, which will be June 13th. So just just by this one alone, Edward, obviously United Arab Emirates, Australia, Peru. Who do you want to see in the World Cup? Well, um, that one, sir, there. Um, 
Peru. Okay. To shout represent shout on this to, side of the pond. Shout out to kicking it with Drew because he, he's also Peruvian. Um, yep. Also, he's making a return to, to, to making some more YouTube videos. Obviously, he's been busy with work and, and his family, but you know, he's, he's going to be making his return to the world, to the YouTube scene. So, so shout out to Drew. Um, but yeah, I think Peru would be interesting. Um, obviously if it would feel weird not to have Australia in the World Cup. Um, um, but yeah, I think Peru, I think is a really good one. I, I, I don't know why Peru is just. Peru is fun to watch, and I do want to see what 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 their jerseys going to look like for the World Cup as well. So that would be, I think their jerseys would definitely be really sick. So for for that one, and the the second intercontinental match would which is going to be between Costa Rica taking on New Zealand, which will be June fourteenth. I'm just going to ask Edward, uh, who do you want from here? From there. Costa Rica. <laughs> okay. And I mean, we need, did, we need con- did you really? Did we you need really? Con- <laughs> we need CONCACAF con- representation, so. I agree with that. Wait, what do you mean? Wait, did I really? Did I really have to ask? Like, yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you give love to CONCACAF. <laughs> I do. I do. Okay. All right. So, like I said, they did do the drawing for the World Cup. Aside from the fact that we still have some matches that need to be decided, but we do have the drawing for the World Cup. So there is, there it is. Uh, the drawing, if you guys don't actually watch the drawings, it's usually, I'm just going to say it. Drawings for any of these tournaments, like you can even say that for Champions League, it's really awkward. Um, you know, watching them like try to mix the balls in, in the, in the bowl and then them picking the ball and then having those like take, how many threads does this ball need? Like, you, like they're like spinning that thing at least like a good like ten times before they finally open it to pull out the piece of paper and hope for God they don't have it upside down. <laughs> it's a it's the walk the, the drawings for any tournament is just awkward because you don't you no one talks about any whether like doing this by the way so it is very awkward they have like the little suspenseful music that's very poorly timed. But- <laughs> like, if you didn't watch it, actually, you can watch it. It's on YouTube. Like, you can go look at it on YouTube. It's very funny. I honest, I personally find it uh, funny. I think it definitely could be done better. Um, shout out to Carly Lloyd, who dressed up like she was in the Hunger Games. Um, I don't know if you saw that, word, but Carly Lloyd, like, look at her outfit. Like, I was, I got hunger, I got Hunger Games vibes. Um, but, but yeah, it's just a really awkward experience. Like, it, no one needs to watch the World Cup drawing, to be honest. You, just, just send, just let me know who, who's in it. But I do love the World Cup as much as I don't care for it. I also love watching it because of the fact that it is very awkward. Um, but yeah, so the drawings were done. They, they, you know, they had to explain all the rules as they went. Um, obviously, team not European. I mean, the, you're going to have at least two European teams normally. Not saying all the time, but there's going to be at least two European teams in each group. Obviously, because there's a lot of European teams, but obviously they don't want teams from Asia playing against a team in Asia in the group, or a team from South America play against a team in South America in a group. So, but in Europe, as long as it's just two of them, three, that'd be too much. But that's just so you guys know. But all right, so this is the groups for the 2022 World Cup. In Group A, we have Qatar, obviously because they're the host, Ecuador, <laughs> Senegal, and. The Netherlands. 
Damn. Usually, I'll say this. The, the, the host nation usually ends up advancing to the knockout round. This is one of those cases where I'm not entirely sure that's going to happen. But I will say props to Qatar because Qatar, like I, like I said earlier, I think they were very smart in playing Copa America and playing in, a, in, in the Gold Cup because they got to play other competition. Obviously, they can't go to, to the Euros because they don't, have an, they don't have an invitation spot. Right, right, right. But I will say props to Qatar. They went and sought, sought after competition. So maybe they, maybe they can pull something out. Maybe they, they keep that streak going. But I don't know if they, they can do it because obviously the two teams that I'm looking at personally is obviously the Dutch and, the, and Senegal. But, um, but hey, you don't know what's going to happen. So Group A, that is the first group for opening day of the World Cup. will be, once again, Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. In Group B, we have England, Iran, the USA, and the winner of Scotland, Ukraine, Versus Wales, Scotland or Ukraine versus Wales. So that is the group. Like I said, not every spot is official yet, but at least we know who's going to be, at least who we might be seeing. Now that I know who's in this group, I definitely, I think I definitely want to see either Wales or, no offense to Ukraine, but either see Scotland or Wales just because of the fact that we, it'll be like a rival to England. Um, Cause obviously, <laughs> you know, the UK. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It, you know, that would be interesting. Obviously, Ukraine would be fun to, you know, would be, you know, there would be amazing to see, it, you know, obviously with all that's going on in Ukraine. Uh, but, yeah. but yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting group. Obviously, last time the USA was in a group with England, um, the goalkeeper, uh, God, what was his name? Was it Green? The goalkeeper name from Ukraine? No, from, uh, from England. The one that gave up that sloppy goal from Dempsey. Oh, I think so. Yeah, it was green, right? Yeah, I never so. played again. Never played for England again <laughs> after that never, one. Never, ever, ever, ever played again. That is crazy to think. In Group C, we have Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland, which obviously oh. you guys, we, kind of a prelude. Yeah. We already, you know, because Edward made his comment about his friends that have zero faith in Mexico. But on a kind of, you know, you know, they, they've been cursed against Argentina. I mean, that, that is a thing that they, they have struggled against Argentina and, uh, Poland's no slouch. I, there's still a chance for Mexico to qualify. I think depending, depending what happens with them and Poland. Um, but yeah, Argentina, once again, this could be Messi's last World Cup. So, so you know, Messi's going to be going all out. Yeah. Hopefully his team also is on the same page on that one. (laughs) Okay. I have this theory. Okay, bear with me. I have this theory. When Messi is not performing at a club level, internationally, he shows up. When he doesn't perform internationally, he shows up for club level. And now think about it. At PSG, he's been dead in the water. So I'm just saying, internationally, he's going to unleash the beast. He might unleash the beast. Okay. All right. There's I mean, a little prelude right there. Look, look at the track record. Look at the track record. That's very true. I mean, he did he did win Copa America. So yeah. All right. In Group D, we have France, the winner of the United Arab Emirates versus Australia, who will then take on Peru. This is very, very. 
I don't props to Carla Lloyd because she had to announce this shit. Um, once again, dressed up like she was in the Hunger Games. All right, Denmark <laughs> and Tunisia. I'm pulling for Denmark. I, I'm sorry. I I love France, but you know Christian Eriksen. That's it. I'm, I'm pulling for Denmark too. I'm pull- We're all going to be Danish for this World Cup. We're all going for the Danes. In Group E, we have Spain, the winner of Costa Rica versus New Zealand. That's a lot easier to say. Germany and Japan. Mm-hmm. It's a it's Shoot. a it's an interesting group. I don't I wouldn't say the group of death, but it's an interesting group. It's a very I mean, I, honestly, I will say a lot of these groups are very. I think it's very balanced. If that makes any sense, everyone. Yeah. Um. Well, we'll keep going. In Group F, we have Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and Croatia. I Ooh. honestly want this is probably the group I want to watch the most. Because of Canada, huh? All all four of these teams are really good. Like Canada, I think can make a surprise. But you know, Morocco. I love Morocco. Can uh, uh Croatia. Hey, they may be old, but they can still do something. And Belgium, I think this is gonna be I wouldn't say it's very even. But I think that this is going to be a very well played group. Yeah, I agree with you. Once again, this isn't my group of death, but I think I think this is my fun group, which is weird that, that, that it's Group F. In Group G, we have Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. Um, I would I would have to say Brazil on this one. I mean, we're not making predictions right now, but. <laughs> and Group H, which is Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. That's going to be a good one. That's Yeah, that's going to be a really good group. Um, my, I, honestly, I don't, I don't see a group of death here. They all have, like, like you said, they're all very equal. So it's really hard to see. It's, like. it's a really well balanced group. I I guess if you want to throw the group of death label on somebody, it's not even. Maybe it is group F, <laughs> but it's not really like. Uh, I wouldn't say Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea is a group of death. I mean, it's these are all. I think the groups are really well balanced. Uh, I guess group C. I guess group C is the group. I think by default might be the group of death. Because I mean, Argentina, very, very, you know, this could be the this it could be where Messi just balls out on this one. Uh, Saudi yeah. Arabia, you, uh, unfortunately, you might be the odd man out on this one, but Mexico can be really strong. Poland is a pretty strong team. Saudi Arabia could spoil for one of these one of these games. Yeah, I guess group C could be the group. <laughs> It's like I don't want to say it's them, but I think it, I think it is them. I, yeah, I don't I don't see. I, I mean, no offense to Group B. I, I mean, no, yeah, no offense, but no, no, you're not you're not a group of death. It might have to be Group C. It might be, and it's not even like a very confident group of death. It's just that's maybe the hardest group. Maybe 
don't know. I, I honestly think I, think I think this is a well balanced World Cup. I don't really see a group of deaf in here. That's what I'm saying. Like I was like, it's really hard to say. Yeah, it's a it's interesting, but I'm excited, man. Uh, even as much as I have mixed feelings about Qatar being the host of the World Cup, uh, and and how it's gonna be weird that kickoff is November 21st, um, and then the finals literally the week after my birthday. <laughs> so, um, very interesting. But you know what? Hey, the World Cup is here. It's gonna be exciting. All worlds will be focused on this tournament alone. Um, we're going to see the passion of the fans, people that do travel to Qatar to go watch it. Um, you know, Mexico is going to show up. It's, it's going to be, it's just going to be a fun, fun experience. It's just the World Cup. It's what you like. So once again, kickoff will be November 21st, 2022. Um, get ready. Uh, we won't be, like I said, we're not making predictions. That will be a little bit further down the road when we're close to the World Cup. Kind of when we finally do see the rosters drop for these world, for these World Cup teams. Then I'll probably make a, uh, a we'll, we'll, we'll come back and touch back. Uh, we will uh, give you guys updates on the teams that did, uh, that saw the play in games. But yeah, that is the World Cup. But Edward, it is debate time. This debate topic is brought to you by the Instagram MFC clothing store. Obviously, we got, we got a clothing store. We got some pretty cool swag. It's swag. basic right now. It's basic design, uh, basic right now, but. Maybe we, we, me, me and Edward can figure out some things design wise, or we meet somebody that's willing to get, do some free designs for us, uh, until we, we, we make it. But once again, if you guys go to our, our bios on Instagram and Twitter at InsertNameFC, there's a link, takes you to the link tree. First thing that pops up, well, one is our Spotify link that you can actually listen to directly through Spotify from right there on the link tree. Or, and oh man, on the bottom is our link to the InsertNameFC clothing store. So you can go ahead. And uh, shop right there. It'll help us out very much if you guys do. But Edward, obviously, we're talking about all these countries that are rep- that are going to be you know representing in the World Cup. But we know that there's some that are not going to be in this World Cup. Who do you feel is the biggest miss in the 2022 World Cup? Oh, um. Honestly, I mean, I think maybe you might even think it too, but I, I think Italy. Wait, who? Italy. Italy? Yeah. Okay, state your case. Well, I mean, come on. They're, they're one of the major big teams um, mm-hmm. in the world. They actually have a lot of uh, first-team players. They have a lot of people. Like, like I said, they're having them in big teams. I mean, you got... Um, you got players in, in England, you got players in, in Italy as well. You got players in hell, you got players in France, you got uh, Donnarumma, Verratti, like you said, um, on PSG. You even got, um, what, uh, Teo Hernandez, isn't he in uh, AC Milan? Teo Hernandez is French. Oh, is he French? <sighs> I'm tripping. Maybe because he's playing in the Italian league. That's why I was like thinking about that. Oh, whoopsie! Yeah, but no, you do have you do have a lot of uh, of good players, and you also have like some some young players. Like I'm not saying like Italy's like a young team right now, but I think that's probably why they didn't make it in the World Cup. But I, I really think that they 
it would have been a fun World Cup to see them. You know. Okay. That's what I think. That's a that's a good team. That's definitely a good team. Um, what about you? I'm going to say Egypt. Egypt. Okay. And, and I mean, it, it 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 just happens to be that they ended up having to play Senegal. It's it's the unfortunate part, you know. Um, kind of said that there was some controversy with that Senegal, the Senegal, um, uh, Egypt game. Um, and obviously, you know, it went to penalties. We saw the, the lasers getting hit, uh, uh, getting hit really hard on Mohamed Salah. Like, I mean, Mexico does it really bad, but it's, oh my God, that was bad. Um, he did miss his penalty. Um, it's unfortunate, but you know, hey, that's, it happens sometimes. Obviously, you know, we didn't have Ghana in the last World Cup. Uh, we didn't have Cameroon in the last World Cup. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's going to happen. We're going to miss out on those teams. You know, Nigeria didn't make the World Cup. So we're not going to have a really sick jersey from Nigeria because Nigeria brings that fire. Um, so I definitely will say Egypt. I think my if I were to have to pick another country, I would definitely say Colombia. Uh, yeah. it's, it's crazy to think that Colombia is not going to be in the World Cup. And kind of similar to what you said with Italy, there's a lot of big players that that are playing in Europe right now that are from Colombia and to see that they didn't qualify. And obviously, you know, props to Ecuador. They, you know, they did it. You, you know, you, you do the job that you need to do. Shoot prop to Peru. Cause they got that, even though they have to do a play in game to make it, you know, they still got in a spot to put themselves in a chance to win, go get into the world cup. And unfortunately, Colombia just wasn't able to, to do it. Um, so yeah, Colombia is gonna. I think it's gonna be weird not seeing Colombia in the World Cup. But Egypt, I think, is just just the fact that Mohamed Salah will not be in the World Cup, and you know, Mohamed Salah is definitely a player of note. So, but if you're a Liverpool yeah. fan, at least you know that Liverpool will have him in the during the World Cup if they continue playing. Oh damn! I think this is uh, this is set out to to Kelsey. I'm assuming. No, I was just saying that out there, but. Hey, Kelsey, at least you know you got Muhammad Salah during the World oh, Cup. Oh, <laughs> I'm talking to you. Yeah, I mean, my team's going to be depleted. You know, soccer's going to be, you know, soccer's going to be in the World Cup. I mean, Shaka, even though I I, have, I don't I don't necessarily like Shaka, but he's going to be in the World Cup. <laughs> Dang, Muhammad Salah's not in the World Cup and Shaka is. That's a, I don't think I, I Jesus, that, that hit me. <laughs> I consider that more of a win for me, but still. Um, but yeah, so that is our debate topic. If you guys put down the countries that you think is, is going to be a big mess for the World Cup, even if it's Italy or Colombia or Egypt or Nigeria or or any other country that you think we're going to be missing out on, um, you know, share it in, in the comments. So make sure, And then obviously, if you guys have a debate topic for a future episode, you can drop it in the comments or you can send us a personal message and we'll give you a shout out on the episode and of course on social media, even if you have some ridiculous uh, username. So that is our preview, our re- not preview, our reaction to the 2022 World Cup draw. And we're going to go ahead and take a break and then we'll get going with some game recaps. Hey, it's Hector. Yo, this is Edward. And we, we are, are Intername FC. FC. Listen to us discuss news, recaps, and preview games from across the world of soccer. Catch us on unhingedsn.com on Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. We will see, see you there. there. And we're back. All right, Edward, games to recap. What is your game to recap? So my game to recap is actually 
Um, believe it or not, I'm coming over to nonetheless. And it's Houston Dynamo versus Inter Miami, which Dynamo actually beat Miami three to one. Yes, Hector, I know you're. Uh, 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 did I officially convert you to the Houston Dynamo? Mm, not yet. We'll wait and see. Damn it. Yeah, but Inter Miami had fifty four percent of the possession, so they had more of the majority of the possession in the game, and they even outshot them twenty two. To eleven, but ironically, out of all those shots, on both teams, five of them were on point. So, and it's their first away victory since twenty twenty for Dynamo. Yeah, it's a it's a great feeling knowing, and also kind of not as I mean, obviously, you know, I got I got a lot of love for David Beckham and what he's what he's trying to do at at Inter Miami, whatever the hell he's trying to do in Inter Miami. Um. Which I found out, right? You know, freaking our our our, our legend, our beloved Ray Hudson. Um, he he announces Inter Miami games. Oh man, that's awesome! Yeah, so um, I got to figure out a way. I, I think I'll be watching more Inter Miami games, like on ESPN uh, ESPN Plus, so I can you know hear hear the beloved voice of our of of our of our sweet Ray Hudson. Um, but anyways, aside from that. Yeah, no, the Dynamo played great. It was crazy because they had this ridiculously long weather delay that happened. Uh, luckily, it wasn't like during the match, but it was, you know, they had to wait for a while. And I mean, props to Fafa Pico. I mean, you know, from Miami, playing in his hometown of Miami and, and balls out, scores two goals, gets a penalty and scores the goal that really solidified the win. Um, great road win. Paul Nagamura, I mean, that dude... You know, you could his expression tells you what that that win meant for the team. Uh, you know, Darwin Quintero once again being that catalyst in the midfield, uh, being that number ten for for the Houston Dynamo. Uh, it, it's a little bit alarming now that Sebastian Ferreira still hasn't been able to score a goal. Um, being that he is the record sign, you know, the record transfer signing of of the Houston Dynamo's history. Um, so that's kind of alarming. I I I need. I, hopefully, he can score a goal. You know, this this coming weekend against San Jose. Because as much as I am excited still for him, because I I know what else he brings. To, you know, because everyone always thinks that number nine is only there to score goals. He brings another thing to the game, but obviously his job is to score goals at the same time. Um, so he does. He needs to score some goals because I think there's a lot of people that are throwing the bus label on him, and I I I, I can't argue against it right now because the fact that he isn't scoring goals, so he needs to find some goals real quick. Uh, I thought it was kind of, I mean, I get it. Pico wants to score the penalty, take the penalty, but I, I definitely thought that, that should have been Sebastian Ferreira's chance to get a goal because, you know, he needs some confidence, but you know what? Fafa Pico scores two goals, gets a big win for the Houston Dynamo, so yeah, really happy. As a Dynamo fan, very happy that they were able to accomplish this early in the season, not late in the season. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, great game, Edward. Slowly yeah. but surely, I'll be hopefully converting you to the Houston Dynamo. <laughs> so as long as they keep winning, then yeah. Oh, that that uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that part. <laughs> At least not right now. Uh, yeah, we'd have confidence. They're 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 almost there. They're not there yet. You're still talking about a new manager. You're still talking about a 
a, basically a new front office, a new owner. You know, they're still trying to build that team. Um, so I don't, I don't know about right now, but hey, maybe the fact that the World Cup is going to happen in November, maybe that benefits them. Um, it probably would benefit them. But anyway, that's not the point. But yeah, congratulations to the Houston Dynamo. Thank you, Edward, for, for picking that game. <laughs> You're welcome, bro. You're welcome. What about you? What about you? What's your, uh, so, what's your uh, game to recap? I know we don't touch up on the Scottish Premier League, and it's for obvious reasons, but mainly because you and me don't follow the Scottish Premier League. Uh, but if there's one game that me and Edward or any anyone that knows anything about soccer knows about the Scottish Premier League. It is the old firm derby, and that is Celtic or Celtic, depending on how you pronounce it, versus Rangers. It is one of the, it, I believe actually it is the oldest rivalry in, in soccer. Don't, don't quote me on that one. It feels like it. <laughs> Especially because the fact is that Celtic ends up winning this game two to one. Um, Rangers had 61% of the possession. Rangers actually outshot, uh, uh, Cel- uh, Celtic 15 to 11 and also outshot them on target six to five. But why am I highlighting this game? Besides the fact that it is one of the oldest rivalries in, in the game, it is because the winning goal was scored by none other than the American Cameron Carter Vickers. That is right. Greg Burhalter, you better call him up along with John Brooks. These men are due. Um, ever since he got he got sent over to you know what? All right, so fun fact: um, a college student over in Scotland actually asked me to be part of a documentary that he's doing for his school, um, asking me about kind of like uh, vi- violence in sports, which was very ironic that Caretaro Atlas was like literally not that long ago, um, but mainly in America. But obviously, I also touched up on that as well. But he is a Celtic fan. And he is a big fan of CCV. So you hear that? Scotland is brooding for our guy. Um, well, at least one guy from Scotland. But, but yeah, so Cameron Carter-Vickers scores the winning goal in this game in the 42nd minute. Uh, you know, during, in a corner kick, was, got the ball in front of him and just put it in the back of the net. So happy to see Carter, Cameron Carter-Vickers doing his thing. Hopefully he gets, he gets a club to commit to him. And I hope it's Celtic. And, um, this is how I know how old Celtic is. They are on the verge of winning their 52nd Scottish Premier League title. How many? 50, 52. Jeez. And if you guys want some perspective, Real Madrid, one of the most successful teams in Spain, only has like, I think, 34 La Liga titles. Jeez. So, let me, let me let, wait. Let me check on that one. Let me let me be sure. This no, this is not me flexing about Real Madrid's uh, title count. It kind of is, but not really. Sort of. Yeah, it, it kind of is. But let's face it. This is going to be me bragging about the titles. Yeah, thirty-four La Liga titles. So, once again, Real Madrid, one of the more successful teams in Spain. In its history of Spain, obviously Barcelona also is up there with titles as well. Not saying that, we're, that, that you know, Barcelona isn't, isn't, isn't up there with titles. But 52 titles. 
Celtic. Celtic with 52 tires. That is uh, crazy to me. But yeah, so that so that that is happening. Uh, so yeah, congratulations to Celtic for for beating Rangers, being the old firm derby. Uh, you know, against Rangers, it's crazy to think how much how much has fallen off uh, for the Rangers since uh, Steven Gerrard went over and took over uh, Aston Villa. But all right, players yeah. of the week, Edward. Who's your player of the week? All right, so my player of the week is Pedri from Barcelona, which he scored the winning goal in Barcelona's 1-0 win against Sevilla. And let me tell you something. That was a very, it was a very Pedri-style kind of goal. It had that, that flair. It had those cuts and those fake shots. They were really, really good. It was a really good goal. Yeah. Um, I, I did you get to catch it? I, no? I caught the goal, but then it got completely overshadowed by Ivan Rakitic stripping his clothes to give to fans. So, oh um, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah so. he was literally down to his bare underwear. Yeah, taking a page out of Catuso. Um, tidy whities dog. Tidy whities. Literally taking a page out of Catuso. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, no, but Pedri scored a banger of a goal. Uh, Barcelona, like I said, you know, props to Barcelona from, from when Xavi took this, took over this team, they were ninth place in La Liga. Ninth yeah. place in La Liga. Not even close to the top four. And since he's taken over this team now, they are now in second place. They still got a ways to go to catch up to Real Madrid in first place, but let's be honest, Sevilla was not anywhere close to Real Madrid at this point. So, you know, and you know what's crazy? Like, even though Edward didn't say, didn't say, didn't argue with me because obviously he believes in Xavi, and it's it's true, and it's crazy that mm-hmm. history is basically repeating itself, and now I'm pissed. But and, and people thought I was crazy for saying that Xavi is going to turn this team around. Give him the time. He and he knew that he couldn't just this couldn't be a process thing. He had to make moves right then and now. Players that were going to benefit to his style. I told you he was going to do his own version of Tiki Taka. We see the Tiki Taka, but he just evolved the Tiki Taka. The way the game is played now with speed and high, high balls. And he got three great guys for it. Ferran Torres, Aubameyang, Traore. He got himself some of the fastest players in the English Premier League and implemented the Tiki Taka. I'm sorry, but props to them. Yeah, it was going to happen. It was only inevitable. So, so there is that for, for that part. But yeah. So Pedri, yeah, props to him for being Edwards player of the week. Um, and then my player of the week is Beto. He scores a hat trick in Udinese's 5-1 win against Cagliari. Obviously, you know, you score a hat trick. You're going to be automatically my player of the week. So props to Beto. Um, probably one of the few times that you'll be seen. In in the player of the week, but you know what? You never know. All right. So unfortunately, uh, Edward has to step away for a bit. Uh, you know he's got something uh, to t- to tend to. So I'll be you know go ahead and lead off with the games to watch this coming weekend. So in the MLS, we have El Tráfico. 
LA Galaxy versus LAFC. It never fails to disappoint. It never disappoints. I can't wait to see it. Obviously, Carlos Vela versus Chicharito. What else do you want? So, LA Galaxy looking really good this season. LAFC, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be seeing that team do some, some good things, but can't wait to see the game nonetheless. Next game, Charlotte FC versus Atlanta United. Hey, Charlotte FC has been a fun team. Um, you know, the energy and everything like that versus the other exciting fan base, Atlanta United. Definitely want to see how that match looks as far as the, the fans' perspective. In Liga MX, I got Toluca taking on Chivas de Guadalajara. I think a pretty good uh, a good match to watch. A little bit biased, I know, but still. And the other game is Monterrey taking on Santos Laguna. In League Un, we have Monaco taking on Traores. We'll see what, what Monaco has after, you know, we'll see what Monaco has in store for us in there. And Strasbourg taking on Lyon. Um, that is in League Un. In Serie A, we have Inter Milan taking on Verona and Napoli versus Fiorentina. Um, I think you know, well, Fiorentina, even with the loss of Vlahovic, has still looked pretty, pretty decent. Um, we'll see how they do against a, a former club like from like Napoli. In the Bundesliga, we have Bayern Munich taking on Augsburg. Um, you know, kind of. I want to see what Pepe can do against against Bayern Munich. That's basically why I picked this game. And the other game is RB Leipzig coming off a huge win against uh, Borussia Dortmund. Taking on another really good team in the Bundesliga, Hoffenheim. So there is that in the Bundesliga. In La Liga, we have Real Madrid taking on another very frustrating team, in my opinion, and that is Getafe. It is also uh, a team in Madrid, so it's a, kind of like a Madrid derby, not really, but kind of is. Um, so yeah, Real Madrid versus Getafe. And uh, Villarreal versus Athletic Bilbao, I think a fairly even matchup. Um, definitely one that you know anyone could you know sit there and be unbiased and just watch a really good game. In my opinion, in the English Premier League, we have Brentford who came off of a big win uh, recently, taking on West Ham United, and the the big heavyweight fight that's coming up this weekend that I think everybody should be watching, even if you're not a fan of these teams, and that is Liverpool versus Manchester City. Number one versus number two in the tables going against each other. Winner does jump in front of... If Manchester City wins, they stay up top against Liverpool. If Liverpool wins, they jump over Manchester City. So this is a really big matchup. Could be could be the match that decides who wins the English Premier League this season. Um, so it is a huge, huge game. Can't miss it uh, for sure. But yeah. So those are the games coming up this weekend. I know that there's more games out there to watch, but hey, this is a little guide. I think that you guys will definitely help you out if you guys are trying to figure out what to watch this weekend in soccer. But that is those games. So we're going to go ahead and take a break and then we'll get going with three up, three down. Hector, are you listening to music? No, I am not listening to music. I'm listening to my audiobook on Audible. What's Audible? Audible allows you to listen to a large library of audiobooks at your convenience. What if I'm not sure about Audible? 
Well, you can start a 30-day free trial when you use the link audibletrial.com slash podcast. Not only do you get the experience of Audible, but you will also be supporting Insert Name FC. I'm going to start my free trial right now. And we're back. All right. Three up, three down. And once again, in honor of WrestleMania, in honor of The Undertaker, we're going to do a three up, three down on wrestling. Just like everybody else in this world, me and Edward and Spencer, we all grew up watching wrestling. We actually grew up in the Attitude Era and the rise of the Ruthless Aggression Era. So obviously we're talking about legends like Triple H to Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then obviously the rise of one John Cena. Uh, you know, we got to see Bobby Lashley and some other other great wrestlers that now have made some quite the names for themselves, not only in the ring, but also in in the entertainment industry. So, so yeah, so we're going to start things off with Spencer, as we always do. Uh, Edward, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Yeah, I can go first. Okay, so we'll start things off with Spencer, and his three down. Uh, he wants to let everybody know, worst gimmicks, laugh my ass off. <laughs> All right, at number three, he's got Mordecai. The white robe, modern day polar opposite to the Undertaker. Shaking my head, that shit was straight trash. Trash emoji. I think I See, I think like I here's I the thing, though. I don't remember Mordecai. I just remember the promos for Mordecai, but I don't remember ever seeing him do a match. I think they, I think they did do a match. It was like a quick one. I think it was like a WrestleMania. I remember him. I remember him holding that cross, but after that, I don't remember seeing him much. After that, I think I saw yeah, like kind of one match, and that was it. I don't remember. I don't even think it was in WrestleMania, but like I think it was like a regular SmackDown match, and then like that's it. Didn't see him again. <laughs> but that was that's a that's a good one, Spencer. I, I for, completely forgot about that guy. All right, number two. The Mexicos. Uh, they were I mean, three elite luchadors in the 90s consisting of Juventud, Psychosis, and Super Crazy. Signed to the yeah. WWE in the 90s, they dressed them as gardeners, made them enter the arena on a lawnmower. What the fuck? They were great rushers, but the gimmick was cringy as fuck. I agree. Uh... I will say sometimes the WWE didn't necessarily know what to do with some of their wrestlers. Um, especially some that, you know, obviously have rich history, like the Mexicos, you know, especially the guys that compete in, 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 in Mexico and the Luchadora uh, in, in, in that competition. Cause obviously some great names came from there. Obviously Rey Mysterio, you know, the Guerrero family. Um, but yeah, WWE usually tend not to do well. Of of yeah, you know, they go and sign these big name stars from like other, from other uh you know wrestling organizations, but then they kind of bring them here and then kind of ruin them. Um, yeah, and the Mexicos is actually a very good example. So, <laughs> you remember them, Edward? Yeah, I remember. Psychosis like, is still wrestling. Yeah, and then number one, Shockmaster. With the Glitter Storm Trooper mask and the reinvented Super Shock Master 8, the Luchador mask with 
the top cut out let to let a, a Bert and Ernie hair pop through. Eye emoji and intrigue. Hmm. It's the it's the emoji with the monocle. Yeah. I don't remember that guy. <laughs> so I don't remember him, but but yeah. So that is Spencer's three down. Edward, what's your three down? All right. So my three down is, um, all right. So number three, the boogeyman. You remember him? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, mind you, the dude looked like he was jacked. Like he looked like he could actually wrestle, but his whole niche of him being the boogeyman and him coming in with smoke and, and also worms and stuff and he had like a thing of worms and he would put spell on people or jujus and stuff. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like, it's crazy. I mean, it lasted for a while. But, mm, yeah, but you know, it's always yeah. interesting when they try to bring in like some kind of I guess like different being type, you know, character gimmicks. Yeah. Um, like, you know, for instance, right, I think, I don't know if it's still going right now, but, uh, oh, what's his name? Way Bryant? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Fiend? Like, the Fiend, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, so, like, you know, because he's always, he he had that, that whole cult leader thing. I, I, I honestly don't really, I haven't watched wrestling really recently, but I know, I, the only reason why I remember The Fiend is because, obviously, he was there in the world. The Mask. Yeah, so I'm yeah. Royal Rumble, and uh, and I was, I, so I went with one of my friends from school, and she wanted to go, and she wanted to take her brother, so we both we all went, and her little brother, the youngest one, the little one, was a fan of the Fiend. Like, I mean, he freaking uh-huh. loved the Fiend, and I was like, wow, this kid is not traumatized by this by this <laughs> thing. So that's really telling. But but yeah, so yeah, but yeah, that's a good one. The Boogeyman, I completely forgot about the Boogeyman. Yeah, exactly. Alright, number two, the, um, I don't know if you remember, um, La, I think it was called La Resistance with, uh, oh, Rene with Rene Dupree, Dupree and, uh, and, and his, and his tag team partner. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was like, they made him super, super, super French and they would even carry the flag around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, I guess, I guess they were needing heels, and of course, you know, who who to hate more than the French who think they're snooty and stuff, and it was like the stereotypical heel, I guess you could say. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's number two. Le resistance. Yeah, and then number one, you may actually agree with me on this one. Um, dang it. I had it on the tip of my tongue too. Um, number one was um, I literally had it on the tip of my tongue right now. Is it? Um, it, it wasn't. It wasn't the resistance. It wasn't the resistance. It was. Um, it was kind of like the. It was sort of like the resistance, or no, no, no. Um, I literally had it on the tip of my tongue because I had already thought about it. And then, um, um, 
Where um, specifically are you going oh, with this? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Um, Santino Morella. Oh, <laughs> that's a- the only reason why that dude supposedly became a wrestler was because Bob, or the reason why he became a wrestler in TV actuality was when Kurt Angle, I think, was challenging people. And then, uh, the, yeah, the Kurt Angle challenge, the open the challenge. Kurt Angle challenge. And if you like tapped out, he, you would become a WWE wrestler or something. Like you had a chance to or something. And then all of a sudden, um, Bobby Lashley came out, beat the crap out of Kurt Angle, and Santino Marella pinned him, and he became a, a wrestler. Because I think it was like Kurt Angle had Vince McMahon come out and give him a contract and stuff. Here's a contract for yada, yeah, yada, crazy yada. is that Santino Marella also won the, the Divas Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah, I remember. So, so he's, had a, he's had a few... Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's all no. I can say. He's, yeah. That's, so, a, yeah. That's, that's a good one. All right. What's your uh, down three? Three down. Um, I, at number three, I have Charlie Haas. Bro, I was thinking about him, but I didn't put him at all there because he was actually just, he was a hustler. He was a hardworking athlete and alongside. Oh, no, I is, agree. I agree. I loved him when he when he was part of that uh, that tag team. Shelton, the All-Americans all American American with like, but yeah, with Shelton with Benjamin Angle. and Kurt Angle, but then kind of after that, you kind of he just kind of like he, he, he flopped. He became a standalone. Yeah, and I mean, you know, he he had his tag team thing that he did with Rico, which that was Jesus Christ. That character was a whole other thing. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. I think Charlie Haas just wasn't able to continue as well as as you know the you know, obviously part of the the, I mean, the the staple that he was a part of. I mean, the thing, is, the thing is with Shelton Benjamin, Shelton Benjamin was basically outclouding him because of his natural ability and his daredevil instinct. Like, I mean, come on. Remember whenever he was actually the first one to do that whole run up the ladder and then like do a clothesline. But I think everyone, like, everyone knew Shelton Benjamin was going to be it. You know, obviously being one, being partnered with Kurt Angle, just period. And uh, that's Kurt Angle is like, you know, as much as people hate, it, and obviously, you know, hearing the you suck chant, you know, as part of it, but like he was just a great heel. He was a great wrestler. He was great on the mic. He was a great, obviously, an amazing athlete. He's a gold, you know, he's a you know a gold medalist and Olympic gold medalist. But just technically sounded in the ring, amazing on the mic. He was, I think, overall, like Kurt Angle is is one of the best examples of 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 a great of a great wrestler for the WWE. But like. Yeah, to be partnered with to ha- to be under his tutelage and like unfortunately just Charlie Haas just went in a different direction and yeah he had all the makings of to be a great wrestler but Charlie Haas was definitely a big letdown. Yeah, he was. Uh, number two, I have Gene Snitsky. Oh, I remember that. Um, with the whole baby thing, what was it with? Uh, when he Lito? killed uh, he killed Kane and Lita's baby. Yeah. And his whole thing was I didn't do. I I feel like they just didn't have anything for him after that. Mm-hmm. Like after after he did his thing with Kane, like they just didn't know what to do with him. And then they made him shave his beard off and shave his head. And good God, that was that was disturbing. Um, but I just never liked him too much. I I, I was like, who the who the hell is this guy? Um, so yeah, Gene Snitsky. Yeah, just that's all I gotta say. Uh, for yeah. him, 
And my number one is Scott Steiner, a.k.a. Big Papa Pump. Oh, yeah. I just never liked the guy. Really? I just, yeah, I, I was just like, I, I don't know. I mean, he, I think maybe because he feuded with Triple H a few times and like Triple H is another good example of a good wrestler, even though maybe Vince McMahon kind of favored him a little bit more than others. But, uh, but yeah, I, I just, I just never liked Scott Steiner. I didn't, I didn't care too much for his gimmick. Like he was, I don't think he was the biggest, has the biggest pump out of everybody. I think there was definitely guys that were more stronger than him, or at least like had, you know, obviously better muscles than him. And that was also went back when, I mean, steroids was massive during that time in the WWE. It yeah, probably still is now, but I mean, it was massive in that time. No, now it's easier to get bigger with just mass gainer. Yeah. But back then, it was like nothing but steroids. But yeah, so that's my three down. And then Spencer's three up. Number three, The Rock and Kurt Angle. Yeah. I mean, the most electrifying... Was it the most electrifying uh, athlete in the entertainment? I don't know, but The Rock has had an amazing story. Obviously, he comes from a, a, a big wrestling family um, and then goes off and now is a movie star. So, but, you know, he definitely, I think Rock, The Rock has one of the best story, like the best stories of, of you know, never to give up because obviously he, you know, he was part of the University of Miami, won a national championship with them, well, didn't play for the team, but won a national championship with Miami. Um, didn't make it in, in, into the NFL, got cut in the Canadian Football League, and then gave wrestling a shot, and then that literally what made his career. So, and then now yeah. he's a movie star, and and he actually has the common sense to not continue on with with the Fast and Furious series, um, because yeah. that needs to end. But yeah, now he's been he, now he's a huge, massive uh star. Not and then uh, my run for president, so. But Kurt Angle, kind of all the things I, the thing, all I, I've already said all I needed to say about Kurt Angle. I think Kurt Angle is an amazing wrestler. He could be a great heel. I don't know about a baby face, but definitely could be a great heel. Everyone hates him enough. Um, and once again, he, if he, when he walks into the arena and you hear the, the, the music, you already know you're going to say you suck. It's very contagious. You. At number two, Undertaker, Kane, Triple H, Sting, Bret Hart, Ric Flair, etc. Damn, this is a tough one to narrow down. I can see. <laughs> yeah. I can see that Spencer, Spencer really lo- was really excited about this list. <laughs> but yeah, those are those are those are great wrestlers. Also, all most of them are Hall of Famers. Yep. Sting when Sting went to the WWE, it was such a letdown. I think it was just because it was like not in his prime years. Yeah, he was already like, you know, out the door. Yeah. They just wanted him for his name. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, he's, you know, he's definitely one of the big names in wrestling. But yeah. I mean, obviously Undertaker, legend, um, mm-hmm. from Houston, Texas. Uh, <laughs> Kane, he's now a mayor. Yeah, he's like a mayor. He's a politician. Triple H, we all know what Triple H is doing. Actually, I think he just announced his retirement from from wrestling. 
Yeah, it's not that he wanted to. It's just, uh, yeah. You know, Brett the Hitman Hart, Ric Flair, someone that doesn't know how to retire. Um, I, I don't know if you ever, well, I, I don't, you, you have ESPN Plus, right? No, I don't. Oh, okay. I was about to say, because uh, there's an ESPN 30 for 30 about Ric Flair's life. That was very uh, eye-opening. I will say about that. Damn. So, if you ever want to come mm-hmm. over and watch the, the Ric Flair documentary, I'm, I'm, all, I'm always down to watch it. Uh, cool, cool, cool. A really good one, but yeah. And his number one is Booker T. Just because he was a teacher that crossed over Stone Cold Steve Austin simply because he drank beer, rode a four-wheeler in the arena, and kicked ass with two knee braces. Yeah, you got to mention the knee braces. That's, yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> look, I, I mean, yes, that Stone Cold story was very disappointing, but, uh, I think we oh, can understand yeah. the fact that these guys are definitely... It was just a nostalgia. It was just a nostalgia. It was nostalgia, but yeah, these guys are definitely old. Um, Vince McMahon definitely did not time that well. Yeah, he did not. I think, I think honestly, it was Vince McMahon that screwed it up. <laughs> but, I, think, I think after the whole thing of uh, him messing up his, 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 uh, his quad muscles, his, his kneecap, his knees, basically, there was no way... There was no way for him to go back. Yeah. Booker T and Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's a great, great group of guys. All right, Edward, what's your three up? All right, so my three up, number three, is Eddie Guerrero. Always a good one. He he basically brought everybody up to life. I still remember when he won the the World Heavyweight Championship. Or no, Man. it was a WWE championship. Yeah. Shout, out to, shout out to Nicolette because you know she let me use her her WWE uh, account to like watch watch like when we me you mean ever actually rewatched uh, WrestleMania twenty and oh, nice. it, yeah that match was was crazy uh, to to re to relive that um, unfortunately we you know it's unfortunate to. Not, not only that, because that WrestleMania was just amazing because of the fact that like Eddie Guerrero won, you know, the WWE championship. And then obviously you had Chris Benoit win the world heavyweight championship. So it was just like a really good feel good story for both of them because they're, you know, they, they, they both, both grew came up, together. up in the ranks. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like kind of really cool to see these two um, make it like that. And then um, obviously Eddie Guerrero passed away. And then uh, the, the tragedy that happened with Chris Benoit. Um, if you guys ever, if you guys ever watch Dark Side of the Ring, um, I don't necessarily watch Dark Side of the Ring, but when they decided, when they said they were gonna, when they were gonna do one on Chris Benoit, I was like, I have to watch it. And you know, even ever watched it, it was, it's an emotional one. I think it, it oh, definitely yeah. hit me hard. But you, it's crazy because you learned a lot about not only about Chris Benoit but about Eddie Guerrero in that in that in that series. That that documentary for for Chris Benoit, but yeah, it was that was that was just crazy. But yeah, Eddie Guerrero, one one of the the best to do it. Um, yeah, it was he was he was he was you know I think and I think maybe for me and Edward, I think it's just the fact that he, you know he's Latino, right? Like you know, it's cool to see someone at the top that you know it's one of you know that you can like kind of see yourself in, you know. But I don't know about you, Edward. Yeah, I mean, 
So, but you I, love I, the, the like, low riders and the, well, I, I love that whole I, I lie and cheat and steal when they stole the Kurt, Kurt Angle uh, medals. Um, and then, how I mean, you, the, yeah, the frog like, I love the I love when Eddie like when he has like a a, a ta- like he has a chair and then he sees the referees like waking up from like being knocked out which all these refs are very fragile in the WWE um, mm-hmm. and he would like throw the ch- the table the chair to the to his opponent and then he would like knock out like pretend he's like knocked out and then the ref like uh checks the disqualifies the guy like he would do that, or like the little, the little. The, uh, one of my favorites was when uh, Kurt Angle was going to get him for an ankle lock, and he untied his boot so he can slip off oh, of the yeah. ankle lock. Yeah. So yeah, Eddie Guerrero definitely some great moments. The the fi- you know the frog splash, uh, the the three amigos, definitely some some great memories of, of Eddie Guerrero. So that's my number three. My number two is um, the Hardy Boys. Okay. Yeah. I mean, TLC ladder, TLC uh, matches where they're niche. Oh um, my God. The match with him, with them, uh, the Dudleys and Christian and Edge. That was one of the craziest matches ever. Yeah. yeah Christian and Edge won that, that match, by the way. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, well, definitely like those guys are. I honestly will say if if you ask anybody that grew up like around that time, they're still Hardy Boy fans. Like they're, I, I think the Hardy Boys is definitely what got everybody into wrestling because of what these guys were doing. You just know, that, just that entrance music, yeah, just the, get everybody pumped. The the intro music that they had, but just the fact that these guys would just like high fly, and even Lita was doing it too. You know, and yeah, you know, Lita did her her whole thing, but. Yeah, these guys were like just high flying, jumping off the top rope. Obviously, you know you got freaking Jeff Hardy doing the crazy swanton bombs. Uh, yeah, that was that was like the coolest tag team. I think there's no way anybody I, there's no way anybody hated the Hardy Boys. I think that was like the consensus was everyone loves the Hardy Boys. There's no way you hated them. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, and then my number one. Technically, it's like my number two because it's technically like. Number, uh, two of them for number one. It's The Rock. The Rock, of course, because that is my favorite all-time wrestler. And then The Rock and Sock Connection. Uh, <laughs> uh, mankind. Uh, ma- mankind. Mankind or... Uh, Mick Foley, is, Jack, Mick Foley is a guy that just can come up with characters. Yeah. Dude Love, Cactus Jack. The original Cactus Jack. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not, not, not you, Travis Scott. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, those, those were the days. That that was badass. Every time, but what happened is, I still remember, it was, um, it was the mandible claw with the sock. And mm-hmm. as soon as they would just get the, they would turn around. And there's another reason have they the hate Santino Morello. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> you copied that off of Mankind's. But anyways... Then the spine buster, the rock spine buster, and the rock spine buster was always, always like you knew as soon as the spine the spine buster came, that was it. Like it was time for the people's elbow. So it was like that was it. Like I don't know what it was. Like you know how Triple H has his own spine buster. Triple H has his. Uh, I still remember 
Triple H is spine buster was essentially he did the he did like a one eighty. He basically would grab them and then take carry them a little bit to to basically turning like pivoting on to one side on the other. That was Triple H's spine buster, and he still stayed kneeling down. The rocks was like a snap spine buster, like it would just come out of nowhere. It's like oh, okay, and then he just smacked him, and he was already standing up, already getting ready for the people's elbow. And I was like, yeah, like I still remember all of that. It was, yeah. it was it was it was awesome. But yeah, those are my number three up. All right. My three up. And number three, I have Shelton Benjamin. Nice. I think Shelton Benjamin, I, honestly, I was a, and everyone can tell you this, I freaking love Shelton Benjamin, especially when he went solo. Oh, yeah. Um, unfortunately, that weird gimmick about his mom, that was, that was, that was awful. Um, but I mean, what he was doing, and it goes, and honestly, I think the moment I was sold on Shelton Benjamin was when they did the first Money in, Money in the Bank match. When he did climb up, when he climbed up the rope, me and Edward, we both oh, were like, damn. Because that was just cool. It was like, I, no one thought about doing that. And I think just because, like, I think at that level, especially in the Ruthless Aggression era, is like where you got introduced to true athleticism. Not mm-hmm. saying that you didn't have that in, in, the, in, a, in the Attitude era, but I think you're talking about like true athletes came in the Ruthless Aggression, like Brock Lesnar, you know. Batista, Randy Orton, like these guys were not only like, you know, physically strong, but these guys were super athletic. Like Brock Lesnar is huge and this guy's doing like freaking a five-star press, like jumping off the turnbuckle. So like, you know, these guys were like athletes. Uh, and so Shelton Benjamin was kind of, you know, part of that. Unfortunately, obviously he left WWE. He ends up going to Japan, making a, a real big name for himself, gets back into the WWE and and, you know, is the guy that everyone thought Shelton Benjamin would be. So, yeah, Shelton Benjamin, to me, was just so much fun to watch. Yeah, he, he is. I mean, I'm pretty sure you know. And number two is the Heartbreak Kid, HBK, Shawn Michaels. And I think it's kind of like the bias because he's from Texas. But I just, I think, you know, because... You know, he he's so, even though like he was from like back in the days of, of wrestling, like you know the, the you know the eighties and the nineties, but like you know to still have that flair, you know in you know, in the in the ruthless aggression era, I thought was really cool. Like he was still like gonna have like the glamour, the the, the you know the the sparkling and all that stuff. And I don't know, I just I just like that his finisher was the sweet chin music. Like I like I like when he was like starts like amp, you know amping everybody up and then does that little. And then <laughs> the guy is out. Oh yeah. Uh, and I think he was part of some really great matches as well. You know, you, you had his feud with Triple H. He was part of that of that uh, that WrestleMania with Chris Benoit and and, uh, and Triple H as well. That's right, right, right. Match. So he's been part of some great matches. It's crazy that, that he hasn't won, that he's never won the WWE title in a while. Like he actually never won the title. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, in in the whole ruthless aggression era, he never lifted a, a championship title, or at least the the heavyweight championship. So it's crazy to think that, but but yeah, Shawn Michaels to me was like, and I think so good with the mic too. Oh yeah. So yeah, HBK, uh, and my number one, and I think Edward might be surprised by my number one, but oh, I'll see okay. I'll see his reaction. The legend killer, Randy Orton. What? 
Yeah. Bro. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, one, I wasn't trying to go with like the obvious like top wrestlers because I think everyone would put them on their top list, but like Randy Orton, that I, I even even though he was part of that evolution stable, like you could see what Randy Orton, like Randy Orton had it. Maybe like that was the reason why it will, you know, especially you know when you learned about like the reason behind evolution, which was Triple H was trying to get Ric Flair one his confidence back, but he wanted to help groom two really yeah, like two future stars in the WWE, which was Dave Batista and Randy Orton. Right. And, you know, job accomplished, by the way. Um, but, but yeah, Randy Orton, like he was, you know, cause he's, the, he was the future of the WWE. A lot of people saw, obviously he comes from a wrestling family. His dad, uh, unfortunately his military career didn't pan out that well. Um, but, you know, and he's still a big name right now. He, you know, he's the ultimate heel. Like he found what makes him good and, and he does these crazy RKOs. And now that's a meme, so that also helps to make him my favorite wrestler too. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, you know, when he did those crazy RKOs, was you know, you knew that he was going to be some. As a matter of fact, the Undertaker wanted him to break the streak. Yeah, he did. The Undertaker hand wanted to handpick Randy Orton the streak. Unfortunately, they gave it to 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 Brock Lesnar. Yeah, so. Which I thought would have been like the ultimate way to solidify Randy Orton's career, yeah, especially to, as a legend killer. Mm-hmm. But then what, what made it what made it bad was the fact that they tried to bring in like his dad into it and it made him like a cheat, and he wasn't actually like a legend killer. Like he, I, I, well, the issue missed. was that they they gave they 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 pushed him too early for the World yeah. Heavyweight Championship. And that was something that, that was said, like that even Randy Orton said, like it was just, it was too early for him to be like the world heavyweight champion. And cause he, he couldn't, he, he wasn't, he didn't, he couldn't handle that pressure. Um, yeah. and that's why they, they quickly gave it back to Triple H was like, cause you know, he wasn't ready for it. And then, you know, then they made the push for Dave Batista and you know, the rest is history. But Randy Orton, you know, still, you know, obviously he, you know, he, then after that, he was able to, better himself and then made himself an even better wrestler. And I think you, you you look at him now and it's crazy to think that, you know, he's still in it, you know? I mean, you know, obviously he takes good care of himself, but still like Randy Orton is still a big star in, in the WWE. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I knew I was going to surprise you with that. Cause I know Edward was such a big Randy Orton fan. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I, even now I would still probably say my special move would either be, People's elbow or the RKO. There's a there's a video of Randy Orton when he was he was doing a he, the, you know when he was doing a match with Roman Reigns. Um, so you know like Roman Reigns his like his like one of his special moves one of his specialty move, signature moves is him doing a a, a a foot stomp on the person's head. Oh yeah. So and obviously he like he jumps up high and then like does the stomp. And so the, the plan was to have him like leap really high to do the stop. And then Randy jumps up and does the RKO on him. Oh, that's right. And, and Randy Orton was so happy that he, he nailed the RKO that he forgot he was supposed to pin him. <laughs> yeah. He was just running around, I think. 
And he was just like, yeah. And then he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was a really cool cool story about Randy Orton. But yeah, Randy Orton is my number one for sure. Okay, okay. You surprised me there, sir, but yep. it's a good surprise. I definitely will say an honorable mention, Um, I would say it's Edge. <laughs> yeah, true, true. I think for sure Edge. I think we've said we've all said. I mean, Spencer gave like a shit ton of names, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a really good list. Uh, but yeah, so that is our three hundred three down. Oh, uh, that is episode eighty three. Want to give a shout out to the Belly Up Podcast Network? Check out their website, bellyupsports.com. They're always throwing out some articles out there. Hey, baseball season's coming. You know they're going to start writing up some articles on it. March Madness just concluded, so you guys want to get up to date? Make sure you go ahead and check them out over there. You know, we we already told you, the World Cup, we already know who's playing in it. So go ahead and check out the website. I'm sure someone's writing their thoughts on the World Cup. So a lot of stuff is going out. The NFL draft's on the way. So be on the know. Go ahead and check out bellyupsports.com. Shout out to the Burns Radio and Belly Up TV, which all encompasses Belly Up Media. They've unveiled the, the, the new mission for Belly Up. It is the Belly Up Media Check them out on Tiki Live for their TV channel and the Bur- the Burns Radio, which is all through Tiki Live. So if you guys want to be up to date knowing when we're live or who else is live, follow them on Twitter at Belly Up Media. So you will be on the know of, well, who's who's on the TV channel and who's on the radio. Uh, shout out to Alejandra Gomez and Angie Graphics for the insert name FC logo. Follow her on Instagram at a.g.graphics. And shout out to... Now I'm learning that Spencer is one hell of a wrestling fan. Uh, Roosevelt Spencer, our producer, follow him on Instagram at that guy dope. If you guys need some beats, you listen to the intro and outro of these episodes. Get Spencer to make knock out some some great stuff for you. I highly recommend it. So follow him on Instagram once again at that guy dope. Thank you so much for li- uh, listening to episode 83. Get excited for the World Cup. It's almost there. We're, we're months away from it. But hey, before you get excited, there's still Champions League. There's still the English Premier League. We still got to finish these seasons off. And it's crazy because now we're at the final two months of, the, of these seasons. Uh, we're almost near, near to the final who's going to be the Champions League winner. We're almost at the end of the season, man. We're almost done with another season. Now. It's crazy to think, to think that. But we're not there yet. But get excited, guys. So catch us next week for episode 84. Where we'll, we'll talk some more soccer. Yes, sir. Take care, guys.
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.